This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Keeping Carlson Short Shifts. I am your host, Louis Ezekiel, and with me tonight, stepping in at the last moment like a real David Ayers, for those of you <laughs> patrons who listened to the patron cast, uh, Elon obviously is David's biggest fan. We've got Elon Dubrovsky here. How's it going, Elon? Hey, Louis. Excited to be here. Uh, first of all, I don't really want to be compared to David Ayers because like, he's a legend, but as we discussed on the patron cast... I don't know. He didn't have that big a game, but I, I think I already took enough heat, so I don't know why I'm trying to get into this again. Also, I gotta say, a crazy thing is I've been listening to Short Shifts now for a couple seasons, and I always listen on 1.5 speed, so I didn't realize, now just hearing you intro the show, I was like, wow, are you always talking this slowly? But it's just because I'm used to you like talking so quickly. Well, I also listen to Keeping Carlson at 1.5 speed uh, most of the time. Sometimes I have to slow it down a little bit so that I can hear what you are sharing with us. <laughs> This is a blast. I'm, you know, I'm podcasting with someone I listen to so much. It's wild. I guess I can't just like blabber on because it's a short shift. So we usually do this and it's as a 20 minute show. So I guess we got to get going. Yeah, all right. Well, let's get right into it. Obviously, the big headline we got to start with is the Rangers total demolition of the Flyers. Nine to nothing was the final score. Three goals and three assists for a possibly rejuvenated Mika Zibanejad. Two goals, two assists for Pavel Buchnevic. One goal, one assist for Artemi Panarin. Beautiful uh, symmetry there in the stat line. And a terrible defensive look for Philadelphia and for their effort. A few things, I think, to talk about kind of on the New York side and the Philly side. For New York, obviously, great to see Zibanejad just really kind of get out of this funk that he's been enduring and put up a ton of points for those who have kept the faith, you included, I believe. Let's start there. What do you make of this uh, Zibanejad outburst here? Do we think that uh, it's a sign of of things to come? Not obviously six points a game, but you know maybe he's found his game here a little bit. I mean, it's tricky, right? Because on one hand, you want to say, don't ever read into one single game. Like, you should probably weigh what he's been doing all season versus a single game where he had three goals, three assists. But on the other hand, like last year and the previous year, he was so good. So now it's really hard to be like, okay, what's the version of Mika Zibanejad moving forward? Like, can we just assume that this game, like, just all of a sudden instilled all the confidence he needs to have a hot end to the year? Uh, I think I still feel about him like I did going into that game, which was it seemed like he was starting to bounce back. Like he was no longer getting bumped from the top power player, top line for like weird reasons. Uh, he was like seeing better shots, like his ice time was way up. Like Panarin is back, which I always love to help on the power play, maybe also take the focus off of the Zabanejad Buchnevich line. So I was already feeling like he was going to be back. I don't think he's like all of a sudden back to being like the all star, amazing elite fantasy asset that he was at the end of last season. But at the same time, there's a question on our Discord channel. 
asking if people should like sell high and i'm kind of thinking like at this point now just hang on because like who are you going to get for him really i'd rather just hold the upside of zabanajad yeah i think you're right that we're going to fall somewhere in between you know where we have seen him so far this season and the heights that he was able to reach last year i think obviously it's great to see him put it together and hopefully with some confidence uh, he can really, you know, have some success here moving forward. But I would say, yeah, he's going to land somewhere between kind of where he's been so far this season and and the heights that he was able to reach last year. Uh, a big part of that is because he's not going to get to play against this Philadelphia goalie tandem for every game remaining in this season. Uh, Elliot and Hart have been really horrible, and I know we've got a, a potentially positive outcome. Uh, for Hart coming through as we record. But uh, before tonight, looking at Hart and Elliot, Elliot has one quality start in his last nine games. Hart was nearly as bad with one quality start in the last eight, uh, with three really bad starts in a row for each of them, a stat that is tracked by uh, Dabber Hockey and Frozen Tools. And, you know, it's worth mentioning that Frozen Tools does count partial games. So, for instance, they both got a really bad start for yesterday. So what do we make of these two goalies moving forward? Obviously good to see that Hart has kind of, um, you know, tough, I think, for him coming off the bench into that massacre that was taking place yesterday. Do we think that if he is able to hold on to this good game tonight here, he could probably start, you know, making a move towards reclaiming some of those uh, starts that were getting eaten up by Brian Elliott? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that Brian Elliott is obviously there to play games when they have back-to-backs or like recently when Carter Hart is struggling. But we've seen that Carter Hart's a good goalie. He's having a good game today. Like you said, there's like eight minutes left and he's stopped 13 of 14. Actually, that's not many shots by the Islanders. So I don't know what's going on there. But like, yeah, it's always very tricky to predict goalies. But if I was going to predict what I, like my guess as to what's going to happen with Carter Hart is he's probably going to start to bounce back before the end of the season. Like Philly's a good team. I don't know what was wrong with him but I think a lot like Zibanejad maybe the confidence of having a good game here will start getting the ball rolling with Carter Hart and maybe he could put a couple good starts together and next thing you know he's back to you know the somewhat reliable goalie in fantasy I say somewhat because clearly we've seen that he has the ability to blow you up but if he was dropped in your league I think now's a good time to try to go grab him yeah, definitely. So one thing that I would definitely like to see out of this game, you'd mentioned the low shot total. I'd love to see like a shot heat map. You know, the coaches uh, for the Flyers decided they were going to play the same defensive pairings to try to, or at least the same top four on defense, to try to give them a chance to redeem themselves from a really horrible performance. But what that meant was also that Shane Gustus Bear was uh, scratched for a second game in a row. Yeah. Uh, he's been kind of on the, on the outs lately for his defensive performance, despite the fact that he was on a nice little run of offense with five goals and seven points in his last 11. Uh, so, you know, even, even that total demolition of the defense couldn't get Ghost Bear back into the lineup here. Uh, and again, you know, like the coaches said, they're trying to give these guys a chance to prove themselves as, uh, you know, being able to, to do something here. So I appreciate that they're giving the coach some confidence. Um, but is it time to get worried about Ghost Bear? I'll, I have my opinion, but I'm curious what you think. Is this guy a drop or a hold? Man, it's really tough, right? Like at this point, it dep- if you're in the type of league where you can wait until the starting lineup announcements before making your decision, then I'd wait and see what happens for Philly's next game if Gosses Pair gets in or not. Uh, if you're in a league like the Cupful where you have to make your ad the day before as a fab bid, 
Uh, I don't know. It's hard to hold on to him. He clearly doesn't have the confidence of the coach. I don't want to be holding a player that's at risk of being healthy scratched. who's on a great run. Uh, I wonder if maybe now is a good time for Philly to trade him now that he's shown this like offensive capabilities. Maybe there's another team that like doesn't care that he's a bit of a defensive liability. They'd be happy to get a good top power play quarterback. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but it would be hard for me to hold Goss's pair. But it's tough because like when he does play, he's really good. So it might be the kind of guy that on one hand, I might suggest to drop him if you want to have the certainty of getting your games. But at the same time, he might be a good guy to add if you need to take a swing on someone but i would probably wait until the starting lineup is announced before adding him for a given day yeah i am going to be on team drop ghost bear you you said it when you talked about the confidence of the coach i think we've seen uh with vino that that means a whole awful lot i mean pavel buchnevich could not get off of the third line for the longest time and now he's just killing it uh now that new york is under different hands by the way worth pointing out that uh it was the the rockford the ahl coaches who were behind the bench during that great win for uh the rangers which i just think is highly amusing and gives some ammo for the dave quinn haters out Mm. there at least adds a really confusing level to it but yeah i think you know it's a long road back uh to get out of elaine vigno's doghouse in my opinion and so i think uh i am ready to uh, like you said in a a competitive league like the cook up full i think i would be ready to ditch him and i advised my partner who is out tonight uh as much although he didn't end up having to make the move but i told him that was the guy that i would ditch from the the folks that he was listing for me yeah, so we'll see if Ben drops Gosses Behar tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, I think it's the kind of thing, though, like, it really also depends on the type of uh, fantasy player you are and the situation you're in. You could take a big swing. Like, he was, like I said, on a really good run. If he gets back in the lineup, he might be the best defenseman available to you in your free agent pool. So it really depends on how you want to play. If you want to play a high-risk, high-reward game or just get someone safe. Uh, Lewis, I wanted to mention someone on Philly for you. Have you noticed that your favorite free agent pickup of the year, James Van Riemsdyk, is not playing on the top power play on Philly for the last last couple of games uh, i have it's tough to see it's like i mean he is just a couple games removed from two games in a row of scoring a goal so it's hard to sound the alarm too much but you know i always felt in my heart there's no way <laughs> like james and reams like is going to be a point per game guy all season long and he's kept on doing it uh but at this point maybe now's a good time before it's too late like he's pointless now today with like a, like we've discussed like i don't know five minutes left and he was pointless in his last game so it's still not like a bad pointless streak yet so i wonder if now's a good time to try to trade jvr obviously for something really good because we've seen what he can do but it wasn't gonna last forever and obviously i'd be a little bit concerned with him being off the top power play yeah, absolutely. I think I think definitely someone that I've got my eye on and uh, interested to see kind of how things move forward. And uh, I'll let you know. I'll give you an update if I decide to uh, to do something with. Yeah, definitely my favorite free agent pickup of the year. We got to move on from just talking about the Rangers and the Flyers though, and uh, get into a couple injuries and outeries here. Uh, we had uh, Dylan Strom return here on Thursday night uh, to score a power play goal. He is playing second power play in line three, uh, which to me, you know, great that he scored. I appreciate that, but not a super interesting ad for me. I held him for uh, a good bit of the first part of the season, and he was kind of, you know, a point every other game kind of guy. Not super exciting to me. Uh, what do you think about this return and a, and a goal here tonight? Anything worth uh, getting excited over? I mean, it's tricky. Like, so he's back on the Chicago team. He has four shots today. The big problem with Dylan Strome in fantasy, I feel like, is he barely shoots. So if he could keep that up, that'd be great. But this might be the adrenaline of being back after being hurt and missing all the games since February 19th. Before that, he was on such a cold streak. So I would probably, like, my strategy would be to let someone else jump on him if they're really excited about it. There's always the possibility that he could get back to some of those hot runs that he's had over the last couple of years. But I would be a lot more into him if he was playing with Patrick Kane. And right now, he's not. So maybe I'd follow game day lines and see 
see if that changes for the practice lines for Chicago's next game. But for now, I'd probably let someone else get him. But it is interesting to see him back. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Unless I'm in a very deep leave, I don't find that particularly interesting. Let's jump over to Vegas now, where we've seen uh, a number of injuries. So Alex Tuck and Chandler Stevenson are both day-to-day. Uh, Stevenson's missed a couple games. Tuck missed one. Alex Petrangelo also moved to injured reserve. Seems like that was good for Shea Theodore, who had a goal and two assists during the last game versus San Jose. It also put Cody Glass on line one and power play one, and he scored a power play goal in that game versus the Sharks. You know, it seems like Vegas is good enough to survive these depth losses, but giving up four goals to the Sharks probably isn't what Marc-Andre Fleury owners were expecting. Uh, are we worried a little bit about the toll that this is going to take? Again, it seems like at least for the forward depth, it's going to be kind of a short-term issue here. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to be too concerned. Like Alex Tuck might be back by the next game, but it looks like it's long-term injured reserve for Alex Petrangelo, which is not great for this team. Maybe they'd rather just have Nate Schmidt back at this point. At least he's healthy. But we'll see if they can hold them off. Alec Martinez is good. Though another reason to be concerned if you're a flurry manager is that Robin Leonard is back. Like he's not on injured reserve anymore. People have been unstashing them in their Yahoo leagues, probably expecting a game soon. So not a great day to let in, you know, four goals against the Sharks, like you said, and now to have Leonard come in. And if he could do well, obviously, I don't think he's going to totally usurp flurry after the amazing season he's had. But I think it would be best for Vegas if they have two good goalies to play them 50-50 and not run flurry into the ground going into a playoff run. So I'd be a little bit concerned about flurry losing some time. I'm not like especially worried about, you know, them having huge defensive troubles just because of these injuries. I think they'll be fine there. Yeah, it's another one of those situations where what's good for the NHL team is sometimes not so great for the fantasy managers. And I think you're absolutely right. They would love to have Leonard uh, return to a bit of what he was doing last year and uh, hopefully have, you know, have this, this game against the Sharks be just a little bit of a blip on the radar for our guy, Mark Andre Fleury here, who's just, you know, been one of the great comebacks of the year. Yeah, I think if people are like really excited about like a Cody Glass, you know, oh, he's on the top power play now, I'd rather, you know, I want to jump on him and see if he can hold it. Like, I'd honestly be more interested in just grabbing one of our boring old Vegas Golden Knights. Like, if Riley Smith is out there, just grab him. Like, I know he hasn't gotten a point in his last three games, but he had four shots in the last game, seven shots in the game before. As Dave Betton would say, he's probably got a high DUE score. I think he's going to get on the board at some point. I'd rather jump on him. If I wanted to grab a Vegas Golden Knight for a nice uh, Friday, Sunday schedule to end the week, I'd rather go him than someone like a Cody Glass who could just do nothing. All right. Great advice. Uh, let's get into one last outro. UC Saros makes his return for Nashville. Again, another game in progress, but as of right now, he's only allowed one goal and holds the lead against Florida. So a uh, pretty good effort there against a team that has been quite hot lately, scoring 4.2 goals a game uh, heading into this one. So are we excited to see the return of Saros? Uh, I think Rene was having some nice games uh, for a while there in his absence, but it's kind of trailed off here. Uh, is this going to be a chance for Saros to really seize back that starting position? I think so. Yeah, like last year we saw Saros end the year really strong. I know that people are worried about how Nashville is without, you know, Roman Yosi and Ryan Ellis. And you might think like, oh, this team's not going to be that good to play goalie for. And that's probably true. But at the same time, uh, we've seen that UC Saros can be skilled. We had William Nadeau on a show recently. Recently, and he had uh, good things to say about UC Saros and how he plays. So I think, you know, especially if you're in a league where it's hard to find a starting goalie and Saros is just sitting there, I'd grab him. And like, if today's any indication, there's seven minutes left and he stopped 36 of 37 shots. He's putting up a gem. And obviously now I've jinxed him. And by the time you listen to the show, he'll have lost like four to two. But it seems like he's ready to go. And I don't think Nashville has much to gain by continuing with Pekka Rene. I don't think Rene at this point in his career is meant to be a volume starter. I think it should be like 60-40 for Saros as long as Saros can hold up. 
All right. So we're going to head into a break here. On the other side, we're going to talk a couple of hot streaks and some new line combinations. You're listening to Short Shifts. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Elon, I want to talk about a hot streak from a guy uh, that maybe would have inspired you to ask Brian one of your classic questions. Uh, Elon, who is Yane Kwokanen, and why does he have points in five straight games with four goals and two assists? Now, he's only got nine shots in that time. He's got a very interesting uh, power play deployment because it seems to lurch between 25 and 50% of power play time on ice uh, every other game. He's lining up right now with Travis Zajac and Igor Sharangovich uh, and playing on the power play with Palmieri, Gusev, Zajac, and Subban, uh, who got the largest share of their most recent game, although it's tough to really tell who the power play one is. I tend to think it's the one with Jack Hughes. He's only playing, you know, he's playing between 14 and 16 minutes a night. Uh, in this current hot streak. This is just a flash in the pan, or is this a guy that you would uh, consider streaming in for the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back? I would not. Come on. It seems like a classic uh, thing that's not going to last. I'm not seeing a lot of shots on goal, which is the main thing I look for. Sure, he's getting somewhat decent ice time, and like you said, he's getting some power play time, but I think this might be one of the last times we talk about Yanni Kokinen on the show. Like, I don't even know if you mentioned that he's on the New Jersey Devils, and I think a lot of people might not even know that he's on that team. Like, Sure, there's always going to be some random person on a hot streak but it's hard for me to imagine that he's going to keep this up and be worth adding like again like i'd rather grab like a jesper brat if he's out there even though he's not as hot he seems to be the more likely person if you want a player on that team to get a point uh and how about uh, another badly performing team in red and white uh, let's jump over to a couple star performers uh, in fantasy on the Detroit Red Wings, which is not something we have said very much this season. Uh, I want to talk about Philly Hronik and Bernier, who both have been really solid for the Wings. So Hronik's been on fire with eight points in the last four games uh, for the Red Wings. Uh, six shots, five hits, six blocks over that stretch as well. So he's providing you with some peripheral production. Uh, you know, this is a guy who's only 27% owned across Yahoo, and that's with an 8% bump in ownership uh, this morning for the Detroit-Dallas game. Who would you take over? Uh, we'll do one of our classic would-you-rathers. Uh, would you rather have Hronik or Ghost Bear at this time? Oh, definitely Hronik, because he's actually playing. So Hronik seems like someone who's, like you said, Detroit's starting to do a little bit better, and he's been getting in on a lot of the offense. So I'd be excited about him. Though, uh, Jonathan Bernier, I just went to bring up the box score from today's game on Thursday night, and I see, oh, it's 2 nothing Detroit. Looks like Bernier's having another awesome game, only to notice, wait, 
what is this four saves by Thomas Grice? What's going on there? Then I just searched on Twitter and I'm seeing tweets like, OMG, Bernie, I hope he's okay. So this is not good <laughs> because I was oh ready gosh. to come on here and say that Jonathan Bernier is someone you should probably be grabbing in all of your leagues because he's on a really hot run and he gets you a lot of saves and a lot of volume playing a lot. Uh, man, that's rough. I added him in a couple leagues actually and you're getting my live reaction. I guess that means that Thomas Grice might get a run of games, which probably is not great. Like, I don't think Grice is going to do as well as Bernier have been doing. So that's crazy. But anyways, grab Heronik. He's looking good. That's... Yeah, so uh, let me let me give you a hypothetical here. Let's say Ghost Bear draws in back into the next game and and recovers some of his power play deployment. Uh, and now we're talking about Ghost Bear versus Hronik. You still a Hronik guy? Well, because any game now though, Ghost Bear can be benched again. And Hronik has eight points in his last four games. Like this is crazy. I guess today's game he doesn't have anything going. But yeah, I think I would take the safer bet in Hronik at this point. I also like his peripherals. Like he gets some blocks and some hits. And he shoots a bit. He's kind of helping you across the board. And he's been getting points. So, yeah. that I mean, it could go either way. Like, again, Gosses Bear is, like, I think a high-risk, high-reward kind of guy. Like, obviously, we've seen that he could be a 70-point guy on Philly back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would go Heronic. But, hey, maybe you could have both. Yeah, I've already said that I would be a drop on Ghost Bear, and I think I would much prefer to have Hronik uh, with the way that he's performing. Bummer about Bernier. And it's so wild with Grice because he, you know, we had some questions about how would Grice do outside of, you know, the strong defensive system that he got to work behind in New York. Um, but yeah, really seems like his great numbers were, you know, an artifact of, uh, in part, not having to play so many games because he was often part of a tandem and also, uh, you know, getting to play in that great system because, uh, you know, obviously Detroit does not have that on the back end. And yeah, he's really been suffering, especially in comparison to what Bernier has been able to put together. So get well soon, Bernier. Uh, we'll probably have to wait for an update on the Sunday show to find out, uh, how long term we might have to be without him. Yeah, definitely. And I guess we'll see. Like, maybe Grice has now had a long time on the bench to watch and learn from Jonathan Bernier. So maybe he's picked something up and he's ready to go in his absence if Bernier's out long term. Hey, can I throw an interesting line combination at you right now? Yeah, please. So Toronto has started practicing. They haven't played all week. They've got Friday, Saturday this week, and then another two games scheduled next week. So that's really killing me in one of my leagues, like a cupful where I have uh, Morgan Riley and John Tavares. Very frustrated. I'm going to lose this week. And I'm playing Ben next week, and I might lose again because of this bad schedule. But anyways, uh, I was looking at the Leafs lines today. They finally got back to practicing. A couple really interesting names. First of all, Alex Galchenyuk has been called up. They waived Jimmy VC. They called up Galchenyuk, and Galchenyuk's been practicing on a line with Tavares and Nylander on the second line. So, I mean, if I know anything, it's that Alex Galchenyuk is not going to come through and be valuable. So uh, on one hand, my head is saying, like, don't rush to grab Alex Galchenyuk. But on the other hand, I'd watch him, see what he does, because that's obviously a really great spot. Then the other interesting name is Wayne Simmons. Looks like he's going to be coming back soon. He's been injured for a while. He actually scored two goals in the last game he played over a month ago before he got hurt. And I see that he's been practicing on the top power play with Riley, Matthews, Thornton, and Marner. So both players are likely available in most leagues, and they're both in good spots. I don't want to, like, you know, tell people that they should rush to grab them, but definitely keep an eye on Wayne Simmons and Al Skalchenik to see how they do in their uh, nice roles coming back to the Leafs. Yeah, really interesting to see those two together. Just a couple of notes here as we wrap up the show. Uh, of course, we have cursed Carter Hart, who has now allowed three goals, although... Uh 
the Flyers lead four to three with a minute and a half left here. So you'll know by the time you hear it how that all worked out. Also interesting to note, uh, that with six minutes left in the first period, Colorado has already poured 21 shots in on Cam Talbot and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one to see how that wraps up as well. That is going to be a guy who is quite sore in the morning. Elon, we are out of time here today. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Short Shifts. Man, this has been fun, but I'm, I'm ready to podcast for another hour and a half. But okay, I guess I'll have to wait and talk to Brian on Sunday. But Lewis, it's been so fun talking to you and looking forward to see how all of our calls work out here. That's wild that everything changed so quickly for Philly in the 20 minutes we recorded this show. You know, that's the danger of talk of recording while you've got games going on. But it's a, it's a necessary evil when you're putting out these uh, little bite-sized shows in between those Sunday mega shows. I wish we could talk for another hour and a half too, but we've got to wrap things up here. Thank you so much for joining us, listeners. Be sure to give us a follow at Short Shift. KK, as well as Brian and Elon at Cuban Carlson and Dave Betton of Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Uh, please visit and patronize the great sites where we research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Roto World, Natural Stat Trick, and Kakumpful.com. Does your fantasy hockey league have its own website? Probably not. Come check us out. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach, and until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. Short.